Poindexter. Opportunity, opportunity is knocking at your door. Opportunity knocks but once and don't come back no more. Grab it in the night, grab it in the day, grab it right now, it'll get away. You better snatch and grab it, snatch and grab it. Better snatch and grab it before it gets away. Episode 199 And it's me Gary P Of course the Prof Carl Riley We're a day early A day early And me and the Prof Are doing the rumba <laughs> Around the lair Cha 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 Beer of samba Cha 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 Yeah we're, we're, Remember uh, Do you remember The samba soccer Football schools They'd bring in Some random Brazilian dude And they'd be like Yeah <laughs> he's a professional In Brazil And they'd be like No he's not My name's Bob From Artane Yeah yeah, uh, yeah we're Brilliant a, stuff We're a day early And if I were to go by the time on my phone, we are actually an hour and a half earlier than time itself. You're not the only one. This has sent people into a tizzy, puff. They've been going around looking at the sky and wondering, my phone can't <laughs> tell me the time. What's going on? I don't know what time it is. We At some point in the afternoon today, we entered the twilight zone. Yeah, it was that stretch of road that leads from Casa Blaney and you end up in a continuous time loop and you just go round and round and round and you morph the time and space. Some people aren't aren't old enough to remember editing time on their phone. They just like the internet tells them the time. Yeah. Like, but if the internet says it's two, isn't it not two? It must be two. <laughs> uh, of course, we're still sponsored by the fantastic Ocean Electrical, who are taking on staff. They're actually looking for. I think they were looking for a first year apprentice last time I checked. They were looking for a tour year. Looking for they're expanding beyond. And uh, of course, whatever the social like Craig Matten is our. Uh, gaffer top top fella and get in touch with Ocean Electrical and of course bruv um, <laughs> when you need a few quid and pity it's this credit you got your back they you have your back and check them out um, great stuff from Lancer Credit as usual and always get in touch they have loads of services check out their website so we're going to talk about the big win on Derry and on Derry over Derry on Friday and look ahead to the UCD game on Thursday and there's a musical edition of the 50s halftime me and the prof we have the the Caracas out the banjo, the fiddle, the flu. Did you bring the tambourine? The tambourine. And uh, we'll have a 200 episode extravaganza next week as well. So, Prof, 200 episodes. Big pat on the back. It's hard to believe, isn't it? 200. 200 episodes. We are OGs in the podcast game. 
That's exactly what we are. Come at us, bro. So feedback to the last one and the ground staff and the Paul Persons um, podcast. Rob Lavelle was listening in the sun on his honeymoon. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And do you know what? I, do you know what I was thinking to myself? Whenever I'm watching the game now and I see like something happen in the in the distance where like someone slides and rips up the pitch, I'm thinking, no, no, the boys, <laughs> the boys, Billy, Billy. <laughs> Thinking of them and see, I was I was actually watching when we, when the game was over as well. How quick they were to take the goals down. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> they were fucking. They get That's in the there. Fastest I've ever seen them taking down. Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. Really, really um, positive feedback from that, of course. And Greenblood says he's still healing the home, and he wrote this: "Fuck you and you're laughing. I raise you the sneeze." Cheers for the call out home and on the good drugs. I only could put myself in the hospital bed and the week Rovers played three home games in eight days. So super show yet again. And of course, three home games in eight days and he's stuck in a hospital bed. You were making him laugh, Gar. Just exactly what he didn't need to be, to be happening. Big wimp. <laughs> Bruise is worse than broke. That's what I say. Um, we got our wires crossed um, on the get well soon message from last week. It's Eamon Keenan. That's sick. Not the wee lad. So get well soon, Eamon. And hopefully this... Uh, you get well and you're up in, in Tallis Stadium soon as possible. And the South Stand ball boy tweeted us, prof. He said, thanks for my first interview. It was a long night. Just been on the Bradley for some media training. and bring on Derry and Maher. So, excellent stuff from the young man. Um, Eamon Mack, prof. Brilliant run of episodes, lads. Loving the range of guests and different voices. Tony O'Neill's interview and the guided tour of Rollstone was fantastic. Would love to see a video version of that. Uh, the groundskeepers were unreal I had no idea so much went into it someone clearly needs to make a machine that picks up coins so the coins don't break the other machines I do it myself <laughs> after the Bows game 7 euro to get me to walk around the best pitch in the country sign me up yeah the the groundsman got, got good reaction people were, were talking to me uh, just fascinated and engrossed by everything they were saying just the dedication to, the, into to their craft like they're into it it's not as if they're just like oh, well fucking pitchfork the pitch like Stick the pitchfork in it. That's it. It's done. They're they're into it. They're back and forth about it. They're talking. I guarantee you. I'd love to see their own gardens in their house. I'd say they're unbelievable. Yeah. That's a Billy I could describe. It's like having your own garden. Mm. But um, Sherlock got a mention on the Rings End show, which you'll hear next week. Uh, he was the Milltown groundsman, and if you've ever seen uh, the Wax Milltown model, sure enough, you can just see Sherlock. In the box in front of the goalpost, little, little ladder, <laughs> pitchforking away, isn't yeah, he? putting up the nets. So he, he was the OG groundsman. Uh, we also had Graham, my cameraman. He said, Billy has even asked me to get the drone up on occasions to look at the stripes cut evenly into the grass. The two lads completely dedicated to their craft. I should have asked you that. How do they make it look different? Not the stripes, hmm. how do they do that? We must, I must ask them that when I see them because it looks like sometimes you have circles sometimes you have like crop circles look like aliens landed on it <laughs> um, yeah I have to ask them that we Tommy Tommy Profter <laughs> do Tommy's voice I'm never doing that again because nailed it, it. it was so perfect uh, Tommy's been driven the drink he says he has no memory of his contribution to Tifties last week so he must have had a few sherries on him Prof yep and we I had overwhelming support on the hat trick debate, Gar. What three people? Literally every single person online and in person. No, three people says I am correct. All three people. That's it. That's a hat trick. You had a hat trick of people coming to you. When you, if score, four people came to you, <laughs> would you have said I have a hat trick of people plus one coming to me saying I'm worried about the hat tricks? 
When you score three goals, you've scored a hat trick. Yes. If you've scored, if you score again, you've scored four goals in the game, but the hat trick isn't taken away from you. <sighs> you if don't you, say you scored a hat trick. If you though. get six goals, two hat tricks. You got two hat tricks. Yeah. Because it is two hat tricks. Three and three is six. But it goes down the record books as you have scored six goals. And you but also I'm, scored two hat tricks. I'm saying. That you're not going to turn around to someone and say, I scored a hat-trick. That wasn't your argument. And to, uh, your let's, argument let's from play the get-go was, it's not a hat-trick. It's not a hat-trick. It's not, because a hat-trick is three goals. Not four, not five. If you're changing your position... Then no, I'm not. I'm staying. I'm sitting <laughs> firm on this. Definitely not. I need someone to support me. Please. <laughs> and just to continue patting my back here... Uh, what was my prediction on last week's show for I'll give you the this theory one. game? And it was Mandrew to come off the bench and score, win 1-0. But, did you bet on it? Of course not. Because I never win money. Yeah, and same here. And we we kept saying it. We need to start doing something once a week. That was actually scary though, wasn't it? That was insane how, how right you got that. Nuts. I knew it would be a tight game and I knew Danny would be on the bench. So it was there was a bit of logic to it. But it's... So rare to ever get bit that. Bit spooky wooky now, probably. I think I've got more predictions right this season than I have in the previous like three years combined. We uh, we were, we're terrible at predictions. Let's be honest. Um, everyone's saying Kieran deserved the jersey. Absolute fix. <laughs> Absolute fix. Uh, someone said some serious stato work went into us. So yeah, he did put the work he in. Deserved it. He yeah. did put the work in. Dunster was talking to me before the game, and he was kind of curious about like. Who would be the most obscure ones? Like he'd like to read some of the obscure ones from the 231. And then Carl Chisholm. Yeah. And then Carl Kearns picked one now. I think this is who he said now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carl. I think he said Niall Coffey. That could have been a youth player coming through. He system. played in the 2010 Leinster Senior Cup. Very well. And then yeah. I threw another one back at him. And I said, what about Sean Dixon? He played and scored in his only ever appearance Balls. in the 2012 Leicester Senior Cup. Yeah. And then Carl goes, oh yeah, I was only talking to him last week. Yeah, Tomo grew up with him. Tomo's best friend growing up, my brother. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Right, so seven callers into the hotline this week, Prof. It is the musical edition. That's the that's the, the guitar solo there. One thing is Gareth has I'm stepping guitar on the, behind him. Stepping on, and he's doing oh, yeah. the sound effects. Here we go, I'm stepping on the wah pedal there. So I cannot add on. It's gonna be so that you know. This week it is the musical hotline. <laughs> Please put that away. <laughs> <laughs> We've an electric one as well. There, Prof was an absolute animal on the guitar years ago. We used to have a drum machine and everything. So that is, uh, it is. It's the musical hotline, Prof. And that guitar is definitely getting taken out again. I enjoyed <laughs> that. So uh, up next we have number one. Prof, it is our next game, and by the time this show comes out, it's Thursday night at UCD. What's your favourite role for Thursday night? And boy, we'll answer these ones real quick, Prof. Um, I was thinking about this previously. See, I'm gonna, I know you're going to come at me and say, Gary, you've been away all the time when it's been, when it's been in Europe. <laughs> um, I actually, I can't think of any Thursdays. Do you know what? Partizan Belgrade. I really enjoyed that one, the one-all. Jaden, B'nai Yehuda, I'm nearly sure it was a Thursday against... Could have been. Yeah, but all these were Thursdays. Yeah. Benet Yehuda was a really, really enjoyable one. It was Jaden's first game. Only, late Bocker goal. Hooperman got attacked. Only like the Champions League games probably have been Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So yeah. Thursday. Yeah, for me, it's Bran home and away. 
Um, even though Spurs, I'm thinking of home games. Apologies. Spurs by your lane, yeah, that's that's up there. We've had so many good experiences. Just the fact that the fact that we won the tie, like that last minute goal, Pico, unbelievable scenes, like unbelievable. Aok, heartbreaking, just brilliant, brilliant uh, memories. Uh, there's been issues with number two there's been issues with the pitch evasions in the league this season when the when the occasion calls for it what's the best and biggest pitch evasion you've been involved in and what are your memories of it love the the dark one with Chazzy gave an aware he, he mentioned that one um, what else we got I thought Chazzy was going to mention the Galway one with Joe's running on the dress yeah yeah um, I didn't know I didn't get on that wasn't a big one though that was because they scored into the opposite end I remember yeah. Pico had the story wasn't that the Pico yeah. story about celebration tactics uh, what you, else? you loved my wording of this question, didn't you? It's like, we have problems with pitch invasion. So, what's your favourite? What's your favourite, yeah. <laughs> Tell us why you hate them and what's your favourite one. Uh, I loved the UCD and the Bray ones, the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Uh, nothing else is kind of springing to mind. I can't really pick between Bray and UCD. I suppose Bray... I'm, do you know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say UCD because it was the last minute call and everyone barreled on and the game wasn't yeah. over we invaded and the game wasn't over and yeah, someone lost their yeah. books I think it was Rebecca Dunn maybe there's <laughs> books everywhere someone's school books are all over the shop I suppose most people would pick Bray because it was the first title in 16 years it was it was more special in that regard but uh, poor Biddy and Kieran Gary they won't, won't like that question oh no bleeding grass murders <laughs> grass murders that's what we are number three what was your reaction to Stephen Bradley announcing that he was staying as manager and when he does leave one day, who do you want to replace him? Pure elation for me. Oh. Just a relief, happiness, and that we can have some sort of continuity into what we're building at Rovers. I mean, 7,000 plus at every home game. The academy is thriving. We have a really, really good backroom team there. I just wanted to be able to continue that on for a couple of years. I'm not even going to attempt to try and pick a replacement. I'm not even going to bother. You don't know who's going to come out through the woodwork. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm not predicting the future. I don't even want to think past Bradzer. If it had happened that time two weeks ago, then I'd sort of resign myself to Reiser as like, okay, let's let's, let's see how this goes. Mm. But now that he's staying, yeah, I don't really want to think about a successor. It's horrible. Things could change in a year or two, I suppose. Some some people, remain nameless, could get their badges. Some people. Um, so what was your favourite ever Rovers goal celebration uh, Rovers and outside Rovers Rovers Do you know people answered this differently some people interpreted it as a type of celebration like someone picked out Noel Hunt backflip yeah or somersault but a lot of people said goal celebration as in how mental it was yeah so some people thought a specific one like Ravinelli over the head yeah. type thing um, which was always one of my favourites well that's why that. I said outside Rovers because people might think of you know Klinsman's dive and yeah, Ravinetti yeah. and They're, you're like, thinking of actual yeah, celebrations whereas yeah. instances I think I think one of Ron Daniel used to love watching him celebrate doing the little samba considering it's a bit of a Brazilian vibe today uh, when he scored against England brilliant remember when he lobbed Seaman yeah <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant uh, outside Tamori Ketsboya there's one remember that Jesus. Remember he went absolutely insane and he got sent off, took his boots off, started kicking the boards. <laughs> Tamori Ketsboy was another yeah, one. Bringing back the memories. Yeah, the, uh, first, the first wacky celebration I, re- I can recall was the 1994 World Cup where the Brazilian players doing the baby oh cradle. Oh my God, Cafu, Romario. That maybe. became iconic, that celebration. Oh, that was brilliant. I think it was yeah. Romario and Cafu, yeah. And Dunga. When I first saw Dan Carr's backflip now, that was... 
that was new to me at Rovers. Yeah. That was, that was the most spectacular thing I'd seen. I think we kind of looked at each other and we were like, yeah. you know, when your mouth drops, you're like, oh, we yeah. have a backflip guy. Uh, Twiggy, Twiggy's second in Tala, first derby. Absolutely insane. The one where you slid in front of the Bows fans. Oh, the one where he just has The one we made the sticker from. Yeah. Where he's just sitting and the bottles are getting thrown at him. It's some and really, really good celebrations. Random one, but Chris or um, James Chambers scored the winner in a Leinster Senior Cup tie at Richmond Park once. And the fans, possibly Hall Manaway, were giving him abuse all game about being fat. So when he scored, he took the ball underneath his shirt. Ah, deadly. Just to show the, the fake Betty. Here's another one for you. James doing it against Cork. Yes. Do you remember that? That was wild. That was fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, so we move Good on. going all day, couldn't we? Yeah, number five. And finally, the music section. As big... The music section, prof. So... um kill me. <laughs> which songs... Uh, right, now we'll go we'll start at the start right so answer as many of these as you can before our final challenge below should you wish to accept so favourite and least favourite over song and chant I, I love that one I was telling you about remember ta la 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 mm-hmm. I think that one keeps going and going I like the one that kind of people don't really like at the minute the one that um, the one we sing that similar to Celtic um, as I was walking down I watched that way that one that's my favourite at the moment was pretty new um, Davies Chant got mentioned in the hotline Davies is good yeah. it's brilliant um, Dislike Dislike what uh, can you think I don't like this would be up your alley now you like disliking things <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> what do I dislike I dislike singing bowls songs at the start of a match against when, when we're playing fucking not, harps, not yeah. bowls yeah I agree with that and that's that those come up a lot actually with random uh, casual Rovers fans that I do talk to they always ask that which songs do you like and dislike on the Rovers match day playlist from last month uh, Gala Freed from Desire in the bin yeah don't that, ever play that again that one stood out alright uh, Foggy Jew was always brilliant um, other than that I can't really think about it, man. I don't think we're ever there in time to get it's in. been put up on Twitter we won't go through the whole list now but it's been put up on Twitter a few times here's the match day playlist for today and uh, every time it goes up Tony O'Donoghue will reply to it and be like where's OMD <laughs> yeah, he yeah. loves that song uh, C do you have an opinion on whether or not music should be played over the PA when the teams come out onto the pitch and post match and when the players come over to applaud the fans I'm not I'm not too pushed on it I don't think it's that bad of an idea but I think I think we should we should prompt the fans you know dun 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 dun, dun when the, and when the players are coming out and just as they get over to us to give the clap and take the tops off then stop it and then the fans take over Maybe maybe mm. that's something we could do. I think that's cool. Uh, yeah. Post game, don't mind it too bad. Like I mean, once again, maybe start it off same again. Stick to the formula. Start something off that we think was, is going to stick. This was a big debate though a few weeks ago. Did you notice that? I yeah. know you said you're not really bothered with, with Robert's chat lately, but there was a big, there was load of posts after one match a couple of weeks ago, giving out saying like the players are coming over to us in the sales stand, and we're singing and all that. And we're being drowned out by the music. I suppose a totally different song is on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I say, coming down to the pitch, yeah, music can be a part of it. it can get the adrenaline pumping and all that. But post-match, I think it just should be left to the players and the fans. Have our moment. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. But like I said, maybe pick just there should be one walkout song which is building me up. And then maybe pick one song for finishing it off with, you know. And then in between, they can have their own little thing. But I think we'll move on anyway. 
What have uh, have any of our podcast musical choices resonated with you recently? That's not one. Well, that's the one for the fans. Well, we we have great crack doing this. We're always back and forth, and mm. props coming up with a mishmash. And sometimes you don't even tell me. You'd be like, wait until you hear it, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> like lovely. I'd be looking forward to it, and then I'd be thinking to myself, this is cryptic as fuck. What does he mean? And I'm trying to figure it out. Um, what gigs have you been to since we came out of lockdown? Book of Mormon, prof. Me and you. That was it. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't been, at, I haven't been to fucking anything. I've been a couple of nights out and that and live music in and around pubs. Nothing that you'd pay. No, I've not been to a concert or anything since. Definitely not, no. Um, and would you be interested in more Rover social nights with Rover's affiliated bands, Acts, EG, Chime, Flock of Boards, Dan Fulham, in the Four Provinces pub in Crumlin and the South Stand. Scum Collective. South Stand Scum DJs. Um, I think ho- hopefully we get a little bit of positivity from that one. And challenge, write a 30 second song poem rap about Robert season so far or make up a new song, chant, new song chant for a player whether you sing or talk over the original music in the background we change lyrics so me and the prof oh we. no he's grabbing it again that thing hasn't been tuned in about six months <laughs> I'd say dusty so. as fuck apologies to everybody uh, still sounds good but now this is the musical edition prof so um, well I have a quick one Gar yeah uh, prof Quick one, in honour of my favourite red-headed forward, hmm? Rory Gaffney, and it goes something like this. Saw ye, Rory Gaffney, Rory Gaffney, Rory Gaffney, saw ye. Sorry, sorry I get me go. <laughs> Rory Gaffney. That's a real drunk at sea song, isn't it? Everybody's... Moving the beer left to right. Rory, Rory, Gaffney, Rory. That fucking work, man. Um, what have I? So I've I've come up with them as well. So this is my masterpiece, Prof. I've came up with this at Rob and Laura Lavelle's wedding. A fantastic song, and this one is called "He's Andy Lyons." When it goes down the wing and it swings one ear, he's Andy Lyons. If you're in the box, you won't be waiting. He's in the lights. With his left or his right, he will push one in. He's in the lights. When he beats one or two, oh, Gaffney is waiting. He's in the lights. Fade to black. <laughs> and then on encore. And then car comes out. So that is impressive harmonies. I don't know who that was. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, whoever that was. Uh, Prof, we're gonna listen back to this in a couple of years and go, "What the fuck were we thinking?" So that is we're, our one. We're actually sober doing this. Thing. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah. And um, yeah, and I have one more. Prof has one more here. Right, so my song is dedicated to Sean Cabinet. And first of all, hat tip to Gary on this one because this was his idea a few years ago. Gary had an idea to do uh, Belder by Jerry Cinnamon uh, and change the lyrics for Sean Cavanagh. And then you just kind of abandoned it. Yeah, it never happened, did it? And then I think we did have a full verse for it. We nearly did. I think we had some help yeah. on it as well. So basically I've just, I've, I've piggybacked that and I've written four verses for it. <laughs> and uh, now what I've done is, it's basically the song we should have written three years ago. So, do you know the way, it's interesting, you know the way he turned down Derry, mm. and you'll hear on next week's show, we have Cavo and Gannon 
the uh, the two current Rings End players on, and we asked him about turning down uh, Derry. It was a bit like Roy Keane at Blackburn, wasn't it? Fergie just swooped in wow. and stole him. Pretty and, much what uh, it was. Which is kind of relevant now because Derry are our rivals. I think it's kind of cool that like we, we snatched Cav away from them. And you don't even and, know what um, happened after it, like if he yeah. had been con- successful or whatever. Yeah, I'm also noticing that a lot of our songs now are kind of little stories. You know, like the new one like was Walking Down Weistown Way. Yeah. And the Mac and If song, like, you know, Bradley's going to play him and send him in. So I kind of, I, I wanted to follow that pattern a bit. Okay, okay. So, uh, well, I better get royalties out of this. Yeah, so the first first two verses are kind of building up the story, and then the second two are kind of praising him, sort of thing. So, here's my Shawnee Cavanagh song. He's Shawnee Kavanagh, a diamond in the rough. Bradley said, join me instead, tell Derry to fuck off, you'll be like lightning. Have the South stand on their feet, we'll build a team in white and green that creates history. He's Shawnee Kavanagh. He's Shawnee Kavanagh, different from the pack. Best left foot in Ireland with 11 on his back, he is a baller. The pride of rings end, he'll round the wing and help us bring the cup back home again. He's Shawnee Kavanagh. There you go, you saw? Prof with the tunes. I was about to just belt the, I was going to do Jeff Jarrett there. Just hit you with the guitar. Yeah, so that's our effort, Prof. Uh, I have to say that was deadly that one, I was well into that one though he's like lightning so uh, yes we can, um, we can thankfully look back we can leave it to the actual musicians to I'm getting the guitar back I'm going to get the electric songs. one now prof I'm getting the electric guitar oh no I'm getting the bass how have I been sitting here and I have not slapped the bass I forgot you were bassist at one stage as well absolutely wrecking my gaff <laughs> I forgot you used to play bass, man. Prof was in a band called Sentinel, and they were fucking deadly. Slapping the bass. <laughs> he was in a band called Sentinel, and they were brilliant. They had some really, really good songs. Okay, so up next in our musical uh, section, we have Cormac O'D with Dean Creevy, Tommy Fields, and Dan Fulham. Hotline. Hello, Cormac O'Dolly here. Trying to answer some of these difficult questions sent to me from the TFT ES. The first question is about Thursday night football, which we have coming up shortly against UCD. Uh, and undoubtedly my favourite Thursday night memory with Rovers is Spores Away. Uh, a great day, a great match, and a fantastic night later on in the 12 pins. Fran who was there will never forget it. So that would take some beating. On pitch invasions, um, I was lucky enough to be on the pitch in 1987 protesting against the move to Tolkien, uh, cup final against Dundalk in the Daily Mount. Uh, and although we didn't get our way that time, we've certainly made up for it in, in recent years of where we've ended up. Uh, on most recent years, uh, pitch invasions, as we've won the league and Bray and UCD, were fantastic. Um, but my favourite one, uh, was when Gary Twig scored a second goal 
uh, in injury time against Bowles when we only had the one stand in Tala. That was a fantastic celebration and invasion and a well-justified invasion. Delighted that Stephen is staying. Um, I think he has work to do uh, from the point of view of, of advancing us in Europe. I think that's that's really would be a great achievement if we could get further. I think the five in a row is more than a pipe dream at the moment. Uh, I'm always optimistic and I think that's doable. I think like all Rovers fans, I was thinking through who could take his place if he went. And I would like it to be someone with strong Rovers connections and I would like to see Reiser getting in there. I think he's done very well in coaching since he's left and he is a, he is a true hoop. There are also a number of people who are in coaching at the moment and underage teams and all who I think could also step up to the mark. So I think we're, we're, we're well served there and who we have. In the current squad, I think Chris McCann has all the makings of a great coach. He reads the, goal, the game really well and he has great experience playing football around the world. So I think there's a number of, of options for us going forward. Uh, my favourite Rovers chant would be in recent years, the, the Aaron McAniff one, particularly up in Derry when we when we won up there and the, the chant obviously annoyed the locals a lot. They're always the best ones. Uh, going back uh, and showing my age, in the 80s, both had a number of players who were uh, similar in stature to myself and the old, he's fat, he's round, his arse is on the ground uh, was always a good one uh, and always annoyed the recipient. I wouldn't mind seeing that one coming back, particularly for the like of Patrick Huben. Uh, on match day songs from the, the playlist, I think the Snail O'Connor Foggy Jew is by far my favourite. But I've never, haven't heard a song in, in the last while from them that I'd say, yes, I don't like that. I think they're very good tasty music, very similar to my own. Um, you asked about my least favourite Rovers chant there, which I forget. I hate this shit that goes on after Keeper kicks a ball out now. It's very English. I think Rovers can come up with our own stuff. I wish that had stopped. That annoys me. On the situation with the PA playing music, um, I think that should stop once the teams are in the tunnel. I think grounds where they have to have the aid of PA music are grounds where there isn't an atmosphere generated. And at the moment, you certainly couldn't say that about Tala. So I think play it about two minutes before uh, the teams come out, play it at half time, and even play it after, five minutes after the match finishes. Um, Unless we've lost, you can play straight away. But I think we can sometimes overdo that. Uh, on your own podcast, I did really enjoy the music. Uh, we had a podcast on on the way up to the Sligo match, uh, a long podcast, which was very handy on a long trip. But I thought that music was really good uh, and, and hit the spot for us uh, on that long trip. On uh, a Rovers chance, I do think that there's a, a good opportunity. Uh, we haven't really got a great Graham Bork song. But there's a song for anyone of my own vintage that Rod Stewart used to sing called Young Turks. And I think you could do a good song along the lines of Graham Bork runs free tonight. Jack Bourne is by his side. They never let you down. They never push them around. Because GB, he's a hoop through and through. Just to come back to question four there, which I forgot. Um, my favourite ever gold celebration at Rovers was... The last penalty against Dundalk in the shootout. Um, because to be honest, I thought we had lost a match when they scored such a late equaliser. So the relief and the closure and getting back our cup made that a fantastic celebration. 
Outside of Rovers, I was lucky enough to be in Stuttgart in 88. When Ray Houghton scored that famous goal against England. And the celebrations at the goal and after the match will stay with me forever. From a gig's point of view, I've been to Christy Moore. Uh, strange enough, in the National Concert Hall. People were clapping along and you could hear the jewellery all around the hall. I've also been to Simple Minds. Uh, I have tickets for Duran Duran in June in St Anne's Park, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, music from my vintage. Uh, and I would be interested in going to gigs, uh, even to see my old cousin Daniel Fulham uh, spinning a few tunes. So as I don't live too far, that would be a good one. Great to talk to you and keep up the good work. Thank you. How are you, lads? Dean here. Thanks a million for having me on the hotline. Um, my favourite Thursday Rovers memory would have to be Spurs, White Hart Lane, 2011. Um, you know, a few thousand Rovers fans getting up first thing, heading straight to Dublin Airport, flying over on the first flights out into London and spending an entire day, beautiful sunny day, Covent Garden before heading out to Tottenham uh, that evening for the match. And, you know, you never know, we could, we could have even got a result that night. So, yeah, incredible. Incredible trip, uh, great game, great to see us on such a major European stage and hopefully it's not too much longer before we see the likes of those games again. Um, best pitch invasion would have to be Bray 2010 um, after we won the league following the 2-2 draw out there. Um, it was incredible scenes. It was actually my first season supporting Rovers. Um, first game I ever went to, we lost. But then we ended up actually, you know, winning the league that year. And I thought to myself, well, this is easy. Surely this will continue in perpetuity. My, my reaction to Bradley sticking around was one of utter relief uh, as it maintains the momentum and the structure within the club. You know, a new manager coming in could potentially have wanted to overhaul, you know, team shape, training, approach, tactics, etc. Just to put their own stamp of authority on it. You know, um, even though I suppose everyone would have wanted, you know, more of the same, try to keep, you know, everything um, as, you know, sort of stable as possible. But of course, a new manager coming in wants to, again, just maybe tweak a thing to a thing or two here and there, you know, picture Father Ted trying to take the dent out of the car, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, before long, you find yourself in one big shit show. So delighted that he's sticking around and obviously you know the the lads around him as well so hopefully we can go from strength to strength here a uh, favorite ever goal celebration would have to be um Rice's goal in white Hart lane um just the pure noise it, you could have sworn it was a home goal uh within with the you know the volume after uh the goal went in and it was you know such an incredible moment for the football club and you know for everyone there and, you know, we thought, we dared to believe for a minute that, you know, we might actually get a result there. But you're having the lads quickly woke up. Um, outside Rovers, I would have to say uh, Robbie Brady in Lille 2016. So his goal against Italy, uh, where Ireland won 1-0 to qualify from the groups in the Euros. Um, the roof was closed. It was a must-win game. You know, we missed a huge opportunity. Um, Wes Houlihan had a one-on-one, like, 90 seconds or two minutes before the goal that was a huge chance and we thought we'd lost it and fairness to Wes he dusted himself down and whipped in a ball that Jack Byrne would be proud of and Robbie Brady was in to uh to head it home so yeah that was that was incredible scenes 
A favourite Rover song at the moment would have to be the uh, Play on Sway by Dean Martin. I think it's just an absolutely brilliant original uh, take on the song and it sounds absolutely brilliant uh, being belted out from the south stand at every home game and of course away games as well. Uh, least favourite Rovers chant? Um, I'd probably have to say pretty much anything that Sean Condren tries to get started, to be fair. We just really shouldn't be encouraging the lad. Um, songs I enjoy on the playlist would have to be, you know, the classics are there. Build Me Up, Buttercup, Friday I'm In Love. Good to see a bit of Depeche Mode in there as well. And in terms of list of hatred on that, I think I'd have to go for Fatboy Slim. Sure, he's a Bose fan, isn't he? I don't really have an opinion in terms of music coming out over the PA. Um, but I do think, you know, the atmosphere in Tala does pretty much all that work, you know, for, um, you know, sort of setting the tone for the players coming out of the tunnel. And it would be a shame, you know, if that were ever sort of drowned out by a PA. But I also see, you know, the attraction and trying to get a little bit of music to get the crowd going in, you know, stadiums where there wouldn't be as big a crowd or there wouldn't be a sort of an electric atmosphere. So, yeah, I can see that I can see both sides of that argument, to be fair. Um, yeah, I have to give a big shout out uh, to the um, the introduction choice, um, both sort of musically and poetically for the intro to the podcast for the game after Daily Mount a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had a look up there. It's episode 196. If anyone wants to go back and have a look, I thought it was just pure artistry. I thought it was absolutely brilliant and fantastic work. And well done to everyone who was involved in that. Uh, gigs since lockdown, yeah. So thankfully been able to have an opportunity to get to a few. So the list is Dylan John Thomas, Damien Dempsey, The Kooks, White Lies, Ocean Alley, and most recently, Everything Everything. So... Yeah, it's been um, a really conscious effort to try and get to as many sort of live gigs as possible, you know, after they were sort of taken away from us and, you know, not taking those for granted ever again. In terms of the Rover social nights, I think that's a fantastic idea. And um, we're always really, really well looked after in the four profs, you know, be it before or after a game, you know, particularly on away days, you know, they're always there sort of nice and early to, you know, help us out and give us a spot, whether it be outside, inside, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, always really, really well looked after. So more of the same, please. Thanks a million, lads. Much appreciated. Up the hoops. Good afternoon. It's Tom Fields here, Rovers fan and lead singer with the Flock of Birds. Um, a couple of questions here I'm going to answer for you if I can. I'll try my best. Um, regarding the Thursday night games, I don't really remember any Thursday night games. I mean, I'm a bit old. He hadn't got Thursday night game. As well as that, I was very busy on a Thursday night. I was uh, managing the Liverpool Celtic underage team. And the coach I had was Pico Lopez. There you go. Pico was my coach with uh, the Liverpool Celtic team. A great job. He did a great young fella. Um, pitch invasion. So I had to think about this one. And my mind keeps going back to 1978. The cup final against Sligo. Um, I was with a Great buddy of mine, Paddy Ferdinand, bless him. He's dead now. That's why he's coming back to me. He sat and Paddy went over the Daily Mount full of flagons of cider and getting thrown off the bus. And Ray Tracy scoring the panel and, and climbing over that kip of a play, that Daily Mount. And I fell on the way over. Paddy fell on top of me. Uh, he stood on me balls. He, he stood on me hands. My way to worse was then. I got dragged out by the coppers. And you know... The coppers hated the Rovers fans. Jesus, I, I think I got kicked up and down the pitch. 
the announcement went, Stephen uh, decided to stay. It was over the moon. I, I mean, look, he's putting this side together the last few years. He's doing a great job. But if I was asked a question about who would replace him, I thought about it as soon as I heard. I was fully convinced he was going to take the job at Lincoln. I was fully convinced, you know, for his career-wise. But anyway, I thought straight away. I said, man, maybe it's time for Steve McPhail to take the, the step up. Maybe bring back Joey O'Brien for the experience and, and talking to the lads and working with the young flits. So I, I would have went with Steve McPhail and, and Joey O'Brien as his assistant. Favourite celebration, gold. I'd say, well, everybody's going to say the same as me. I think it's Squiggy against Bowles. How can you forget it? What a celebration. I mean, favourite Rovers chant. I, I love all the old ones. I, I, I really do. I, I love the old one. Uh, Hold me close and uh, and all them. But my heart and my head has to go with, with Davies' chant. It's brilliant. In fact, uh, the dairy match, you don't know, I, there was a lot of kids sitting around us and, and when Davy came on, they all got excited and, and, and it had to be. My least favourite? Uh, I, uh, I don't have a least favourite. If, if I was if I was pushed by one of the we all live in a Tallahousen scheme, I don't, I don't like that one. But Davy's one, Davy's one I think is brilliant and the old ones, uh, the Ring of Fire and, and them old ones that we used to sing years ago and I don't hear the aggro song anymore. I used to love that. Match day playlist. I like the Chiefs and Sinead O'Connor, the Foggy Jew. Um, build me up, Bullock up. That gets the crowd going. Everybody loves that one. That's one of my favourites. Uh, probably Hold Me Close is another great one. Um, my least favourite. Uh, uh, I predict a riot. I don't think... Uh, I, I don't really like that song, but uh, not to keep the crowd going anyway. The music uh, for the podcast, it's, it's a bit young for me. I'm playing all them young records, but come here. I love the podcast anyway, lads. Regards gigs, uh, since the lockdown, I've seen Damien Dempsey um, Christmas time. The first time I've seen him, um, I went to see him, Ozzy Nate. I've seen him with Ozzy Nate and his missus. He was alright. He was good, but load of balls cunts at the fucking thing anyway. So that put me off. Um I've seen the Furies. I've seen the Furies in, in uh Gordy. One of my favourite bands. Great, great, great. If you ever get a chance, they're still going around. Finbar is out and he's on, but Eddie and George are still going around. If you ever get a chance to see the Furies, go and see them. They're brilliant. Um uh, as for the social night, yeah, I, I was at that, the player, the player of the year, that was a brilliant night. And of course, the flock of boards are up there. Go up the flock, I'm wearing all that thump thump music with Dan Fulham and the flock of boards is the way forward. Plenty more of them are available. And you'll see us, you'll see us on a Monday. We're in the four piers every Monday, a Rover, great Rovers pub. We're up there every Monday between half eight and, and, and half ten. Bring your instrument along. It's a sit-down session. If you want to sing, give us a shout when sing it. Tom Field signing off. The flock of boards. Come on, the hoops. Hi, Daniel Fulham here. Our next game on Thursday is UCD. And what is my favourite Rovers Thursday night? Um, there's been loads. Um, one 
is Europe. I think we might have had one against Bowles on a Thursday, which we won in between European games. But for me, it was Brand Bergen um, back in 2019. Huge game, especially after the last-minute equaliser over there. Seeing McInef walking by the crowd when he got sold was amazing. Jack Bourne's goal, unbelievable. South Stand came alive that night and really set the tone for how that stand was going to be going forward in the future. Set up a big tie against Limassol, unlucky, but the significance of that win was so good. And I think Brand Bergen did a nosedive after that, which shows the significance of the victory. Pitch invasions, so favourite pitch invasion. Um, I've seen a few. I haven't partaken in many, but I've seen many. Uh, I've seen a lot. Um, though I was on the pitch in 2010, Pats away in the semi-final of the Cup. Um, the replay when Chris Turner scored. Apart from Umbrella Man, it was it was a brilliant uh, occasion, everyone getting on. And it was a huge win, especially, I believe, we messed up in the league and we thought that we'd lost it at that stage so it was, it was good to kind of get the momentum back and try and win something so yeah it was it was it was a big win that night um Stephen Bradley leaving yeah I well staying rather I couldn't believe it I genuinely thought he was gone um myself and Tommy Kelly were on the way to Rob Lavelle's wedding when the news came through it was like celebrating the derby goal 10 times over you know he's such an integral integral part to everything good that's been happening at the club um you know me and tommy lost our shit in the car uh, i think can't get you out of my head by Kylie minogue came on and it was like bradley is staying but um yeah look he's thanks to everybody involved at the club um for making sure that he stayed Um, you know i think there's a lot Challenges come with the new dynamic football club, members club and stuff like that and it's it's brilliant to see um, an air of unity about him staying and yeah, just thanks again. So, um, roll on the future. Next one. Favourite goal celebration um, Rovers and outside Rovers. God, there's so many. Um, Pat Sullivan's goal against Belgrade, you know, him allies that night, you just, you can't beat that. There's so many um, special, I guess, mention to Denny, he's in the Satanta Cup in Cork, going up two and away goals, but no, has to be uh, Sully's goal against Partizan Belgrade. Outside Rovers, um, definitely Italy's winning penalty um, against England. I was living in London at the time, and... Oh, it, it just would have been unbearable. It wasn't nice. Um, you would have never heard the end of it. So long may that um, successful drill continue for them. Music section. Favourite and least favourite Rovers chant or song. Favourite chant was St. Pat's had a tinfoil display and somebody sang in the crowd is the tinfoil for your smack least is the 19 leagues and 25 cups um obviously great to celebrate our success but the song just sounds like a funeral particularly when the atmosphere is is absolutely rocking um which songs do you like and dislike on this rovers match day playlist um favor have to like uh, has to be for me cousin brendan grace brilliant to see him on a rovers playlist um it's really nice really nice feeling seeing him up there um least gala bows um, music being played over the PA well I think the main thing that the PA should try and avoid is drowning out the crowd um, I think what could work if they want to try it maybe they have tried it but is to try let's say play build me up but literally play two or three seconds 
just as soon as you get wind that the south stand is starting to sing along to it just kill it and let them take over uh, any podcast musical choices um yeah trees of magic number was pretty cool starting the podcast it was it was i was looking that podcast listen after beating bows and then that comes on the start just puts a smile on your face um what gigs have you been to since we came out of lockdown i was lucky to be living in london at the time when they lifted lockdown first a couple of months before they did in Ireland. Um, the best gig was definitely Spike Island. It was 30 years of Spike Island. Spike Island was a, a massive gig that Stone Roses did. It was it was quite iconic. So they had it on the same site, had a load of tribute bands. I think about 30,000 people went. Um, there wasn't a mask in sight. Everyone was just bouncing around, knowing that we reached freedom. So that, that was an amazing day. Um, other over social nights yeah keep them coming um, there's a lot of talent at the club and why not um, the recent South Stand DJ ideas idea sounds fantastic um, and I can't wait to get involved myself yeah so Prof that was the lads and uh, some good memories and Tommy uh, with the old thump thump music <laughs> the thump thump he doesn't do, like it do you hear him say he doesn't like we're always playing the young records is he serious? <laughs> All we play is oldies. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Fulham. <laughs> Dan was very good. Don't mind the thumped up music, Dan Fulham, yeah. Uh, we've left out Dan's song there because we're putting that at the end of the show. Dan has written a song based on uh, OMD McIniff one. Um, we asked loads of people for this. We asked loads of musicians, but for various reasons, they didn't. Uh, they didn't do it for us. It is. It's a bit tough at times to kind of yeah. just come up with something. But we we are complete losers. <laughs> loads of time on our hands. So yeah, uh, Umbrella Man got a show. Jeez, that there's the throwback. Umbrella Man, remember that? I don't think he even yeah. does anymore. Carmack says he plays the whistle, <laughs> and I said, "Well, no sign of it there. Where's your whistle? Give us show us your whistle." And he said, wait until he's run the Hoops Have Talent. Hoops? Oh my god. There you go. Light bulbs is going above me now. We would have been voted off straight away after that shambles of performance. <laughs> yeah. You would. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to the game. We beat Derry 1 0 Teller on Friday. And Finn and Lyons were the wing backs with Gannon in the back tree, which I do like to see, Prof. I like Gannon's explosive runs and McCann and Tell in the middle, which was an, an, a surprising partnership, I'll be honest. I didn't think he would start McKay, but or sorry, not McKay, uh, McCann. I thought he was a. Uh, people probably say he did enough in the last game, but for a game like this, it was the wrong choice in my opinion. He earned his spot based on the last couple of games, all right. But when I saw him and Tell together, I thought I'd have a feeling at the end of this match we're going to be saying should have started O'Neill. Yeah, possibly overall. I think he put. I think he played McCann for his retention because he's really good on the ball. Maybe Tell with his. Uh, Spectacular um, lobby passes. Lobby passes. <laughs> so pre-match, prof. We have Brazilians, Dutch, Germans, oh my, French. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> we had every man. It was ridiculous. Um, we went initially. I went into the suite. I went there and had a little look around. Says, okay, this is looking good. Went over to the Brazilians and the ultras, and they were over there swamping points and just getting ready because they had drums as big as the prof. There was a prof-sized drum. Uh, two of them, and they had that little, that little Mexican, not Mexican, little Brazilian tinny feel to it, like mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. It was deadly. Ding, ding. It was I, I could hear it pretty well from the West End. Like it was mesmerizing. Yeah, it wasn't. It? it was brilliant. It really added to it. Like it just it brought the atmosphere up a level. And, and uh, the Dutch were final fans. Uh, the Germans were in there as well. Mm-hmm. 
the Palmeiras Dublin flag and they are going to come to the next couple of games as well Prof they've been the bug has bitten them yeah I heard um, I mean the Dutch and the Germans like they got the Rovers experience didn't they it, like it wasn't it wasn't a spectacular performance by us but the whole package the win the atmosphere the crowds I mean, the ba- best atmosphere in a long time long time and I was I wasn't at the pro- I wasn't at the perch Prof I was right in the mix with the olders and the lads getting mm. stuck in with Smithy you were just trying to get him camera. Our YouTuber. No, we had to show him around, show him a good time. And it worked because he, he really worked out as regards to his feedback in his actual vlog. And mm. sound bloke, why not show him around? Uh, Palmeiras Dublin on Twitter. They said, great game, great people, great party. What a combo. Excellent. Excellent stuff. S- see they met Brad the Rivarhan, they got a picture with him. Yeah, that was pretty cool as well. Like the full package to meet the gaffer. Mm. You know what I mean? The um, display prof, loved it. I love the ticker tape. We were all ripping up. Ticker tape and the explosion just looks the biz. It's underrated in my opinion. Very South American as well. I've seen it all over Argentina. Um, very, very cool. Crafty hoop, prof. Thinking of the groundskeepers when all the confetti was released tonight. Hope that I have a machine and I'll be picking it all up. I was thinking that to myself. I was ripping it up <laughs> and I was like, poor fuckers are going to be here for ages. This up. Uh, Ray Whedon. We're seeing the dollar signs in his eyes, Jeremy Saul. The Fardeners. Ah, <laughs> I can sell so much more curry. Yeah, yeah, he's looking around going, 400 portions isn't enough. Yeah, I had Smith with me in the bar beforehand. And um, he was advised to avoid the battered sausages, thankfully. Thankfully, we guided him towards the curry and the meatballs. Yes. Uh, Shane Mooney talking the ear off him. Mm-hmm. So we were all thinking about Smith's rate, and it was like, oh no, down, down, down. Knock, fucking <laughs> knock two or three off the all rate. the way down. Yeah. Now he was yeah. uh, he was really really open to everything, you know. So it's it's pretty cool. And then we had the the Feyenoord fans doing the polka. See the dance? Yeah. They're all doing the polka dance or whatever the the Dutch dance in their Beer, clogs. There is samba ladies as well. Yep, in the south sound great um, vocal cords I hear here. Fantastic. Fantastic! It was well, so it was so funny when we met, uh, we met around six o'clock outside the stadium, and the Brazilians were just unmistakable. <laughs> just thirty of them just came down the road. They were just barreling down, <laughs> barreling down the road. Um, it was so funny. Um, and unless uh, Mr. Dan Cleary happened to learn Portuguese overnight, I think he may have handed the PA over to a Brazilian chap oh, because wow. it was announced and made uh, in Portuguese. It was actually rough. And we just have to trust that what he said made sense. And it wasn't something inappropriate. Like, you know, both parties are the best. They have the most nudity. <laughs> but uh, we move on to the game itself, Prof. And we had uh, the first kind of real chance was the Smith one. It was it was a ball kind of squared to him. And it, he was true on goal. I couldn't believe it. He was true on goal and then his heavy touch. I was thinking, fuck me. Well, not heavy touch. It was a heavy <sighs> pass. I don't know, he man. couldn't do much with it, really. It was so... It was, such a, a powerful pass. He wasn't expecting it. And if he had taken it in, it was probably a certain goal. It certainly was. And it was a great move, actually, wasn't it? Like yeah. Brandon, Brandon Kevin, in fairness, was at the heart of a lot of these moves. What did I say before the game? He won't get a touch. <laughs> I don't care. Um, the Al save as well. We Brandon Kavanagh, like you said, at the heart of all this, all the moves. Um, oh, the he, one he bended oh, it in. Beautiful ball yeah. in from the left. Excellently flighted. Brilliant weight on it and unbelievable save from Alamanis behind the goal we just went what the fuck he has no right to save that brilliant stuff and it kind of kind of gave us a little boost you know thinking yeah. right, Al is on form here 
let's fucking get the These are the sort of reaction says we're kind of thinking at his age, can he still pull these off? And he certainly did. He did. He certainly did. Um just to mention uh Gavin Mazunu is there every week at this stage. Yeah. Season ticket holder he is. He's I mean it's it's the yeah. off season, he's back home. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? Back in yeah. the fifties bus soon. Ireland's number one, hanging out on Tata. Uh Charlie O'Connor trying to figure out how to take a selfie with Gavin Mazunu. <laughs> That really tickled me. I, I enjoyed that. He's just in the background <laughs> laughing. Eventually he gave up and someone offered to do it for him. Uh, everything chasing uh, Big Gab apparently. No, uh, T-Rex Arms is getting the boo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, another ch- we had a bit of a chance ourselves. We had a bit of a pirouette shot from Gaffney. He possibly could have left it for Jack. Um, other than that, bit of a I mean, they, they probably weren't a better team in the first half, let's be honest. Ah, they were definitely the better team. They, they, they looked assured, they passed the ball well. I thought Patching was really good in the middle for them. I thought Lafferty was on fire. Lafferty mm-hmm. was on fire, and I was relishing that fight with him, and I was thinking Gaffney, or I was thinking Lyons would have had a shot at him, but the Boyce and uh, Lyons uh, combo, or tussle, you could say, was brilliant as well. Lafferty had a chance in the second half, didn't he? Was that, was that near post one? Yeah, 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 definitely. a bit yeah, of a snapshot. But, um, no, they were, they had most of the possession the first half. We were second to nearly every ball. They just they, they just got to grips with it and took it to us and tell it. I don't remember. Can you remember the last time a team came to us and kind of did that to us? Maybe Dundalk in their prime. Someone made that point. I think it was Brian Burke. He said three years since the team came to Tata and had a goal just like that. Proper had a goal. And I think their press game unsettled us with mm. Towell and McCann weren't expecting to be pressed like that. And that press forced Pico to get involved in the game. Mm. And he had to play out from the back. And then ultimately, like we lost the ball quite a lot. So it, their their press game worked, but I think they did get a lot, of, a lot of intensities to their play. But then, you, like you say, you're watching that and you're thinking, hmm. If we don't concede, we this could pay off in the last 20 minutes. It was the minutes. rope though, wasn't it? It was yeah. just roping them in and I was thinking to myself, if we can hold off and their high press continues, we'll do what we did. And I think probably during the Invincible season was the most prolific we've ever been as regards to soaking up pressure and hitting them on counters. Some half-time notes. Um, Joe Barnes, there was a presentation for him uh, because he's fallen Robert's 80 plus years. It was announced that it was his birthday. I was like, hang on a minute. It was his birthday when we released that show. He's one of them, is he? It's my birthday today. Does Does Joe Barnes know when his birthday is? Yeah. That's what I want to know. The bar's over there. It's my birthday. <laughs> um, what else have we got? So not not this game, actually. I think it was the previous home game. I got a cup of tea. And somebody walked by me with a bovril. And he just goes, get yourself one of these, will you? <laughs> he obviously listens to the show. <laughs> Are we going to do a live tasting? We're going to have to, yeah. We're yeah. going to have to. Also, an update from Sarah Wheelahan. She tried the classic Twin Peaks. Tots. She, she thought it was delish. Yes, certainly was. Pomegranate as well. Got the Twin Peaks into mm-hmm. the official chocolate of the podcast. We want more Twin Peaks uh, feedback. Mm. Um, I'm hoping for a different flavour now. Fruit and nut and the regular one are really good. We need something else, prof. Start the second half anyway. So we are back from point to half time. And they all sing song and polka dancing. And uh, I don't think the Feyenoord fans watched the game. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they got far too comfortable. Do you know, it was so it was so noticeable that it was an entire block in unison jumping up and down and singing. Now, I've seen... Well, actually, every derby I've been in the South Stand. So, this is my first time seeing that, like, mad atmosphere yeah. from the West Stand. 
But I just feel like it was more in unison than I'd ever seen before. Steady, wasn't it? A big shout out to Gav Fitz, the DJ in the in the suite as well. He really had them ramped up. And he was playing some of our songs and I was kind of sitting behind them briefly and they were Google, they were Shazamming it. They were Shazamming Bad Moon Rising. They were looking it up. They were really, trying yeah. to get the song on their spot list just to have a listen again. But what, they played one song and they all hit the roof. It was like... Da, 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 da. It's a real classic, so I, I can't remember. It's I'm gonna get hammered for not knowing what it is. I thought is. you were singing Lay Lay Show there for a second. I think it is. <laughs> I fucking I think it might be. I think it is, probably. You're right. Um, yeah, so we're going to the second half anyway. And it was a uh, normal service resumed, and we were shooting into the South Stand second half and the aberration of a second half versus Sligo. So I think the way we started this one off, Prof, um, they pretty much came into their own again. It was uh, it was it was business as usual for them. They were really tough and in our faces again. When's the last time we started a second half in Tada, and it wasn't us coming out of the blocks yeah. and overwhelming somebody? In this case, they just picked up where they left off. Fair play to them as well. That's what you have to say ultimately, because not many teams come to Tada and do that. And we did soak it up. They. They had a couple of chances. I mean, the 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 Shawnee Kavanaugh one that he whipped in that was a that was a big big chance. The one that Smitty Smith missed, big chance. Are oh, you so, talking about the one where this was an amazing bit of play? It was a long ball by Mar? Well, not even long ball. This was a he picked out this pass Maher, and on the left wing, one touch into the box. Yeah, and Kavanaugh just about blocked him in time. And I, do you know what we were that, discussing this? That would have this. been a goal from the goalkeeper in three touches yeah. in one motion. That would have been one of the goals of the season. We discussed it and we were thinking, I don't think Kavanaugh even got a touch, but he did enough, which is essential for a defender. But when Kavanaugh came on, we'll talk about the subs impact because um, they made a good point on the off the ball. I think it was Shane Keegan made a very good point that um, Prof I just realised that you have the video the VHS of the Alte Spar I was waiting for you to know as a coaster yep. for, for a microphone today very cool Jim Conroy will appreciate that he gave that to me definitely want to check that one out but we thought the subs made a massive impact and Shane Keegan made a great point saying that we're a little bit off balance but mm. all right footers in the team it's defensively and Cavo came on and Cavo was just a Rolls Royce he, he comes was, on and he can play anywhere he was cool as a cucumber Absolutely amazing. Brilliant when he came on. Subs no. impact. Danny coming on, of course. Super sub after being dropped. And, um, and then what's the course making? Made a difference. Until, the way he can stroke a ball yeah. across the field is just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Just stroked. Un- until the 70th minute mark, right, where we made a couple of chances, there was only... The only notable thing from us was, on the hour, Jack Byrne, out of nowhere, threaded two balls, two dangerous balls in. That we nearly got in the end of. Uh. And then that got the crowd going. But then nothing again for 10 minutes. And then on 70 minutes. Berkey hit the side netting. And I think we got a corner then. Maybe after that. And Hoare put it over from close range. Yeah. Should have scored actually. So only now were we actually finding our rhythm. After about 75 minutes I thought. We were trying, trying to kick in the play. And I will say a big shout out to Jack Bourne. Because he was stifled and he played quite deep in the first half which was, wasn't his own fault really he was pushed in there he persevered I thought he was really really good he kept playing he kept playing football not once did he revert to any other system like going long or clipping balls in he just kept trying to play football and getting on the ball because he knows he knows right okay I'm in a game here and he stood up I really thought Jack Bourne stood up and was counted 
for this one. But we move on to Watts Prof with his, his ball out to the left-hand side. Absolutely beautifully stroked out. And then we had Mr. Lyons. Was it not uh, Watts in to tell? Watts in to tell, tell to, to Lyons. Yeah. When he goes down the wing <laughs> and he cuts it in. Um, it was a superb, like he, he's brilliant at cutting in. So yeah. he's cutting in, he's on the left-hand side, he cut in on his right. Very foolish of them to allow him to cut in. Boyce is, Boyce is booked now, remember that? Yeah. So Boyce is going to take him out all day outside the box. So he's obviously thinking, I'll jockey him on, and I'll, I'm confident of my own ability, I'll try and get it off him. Lovely little cut inside. Tame enough shot. Mar once again. Mar Mar's kind of he's he's a good keeper, he's good with his feet, but I don't I, I don't think he's impressed me as much as McGinty. I don't know if he could have done much more than this. I don't know. Ironically, that's the kind of goal we keep conceding. Yeah. Pushed out and then barely yeah. it looked like he could have just kind of caught it, you know. But listen, Danny Mandrew straight in, an absolute bedlam in the South Stand. Brazilians everywhere. Uh I'm not talking about the people. <laughs> um, no, there was it was just nuts. It was just bodies everywhere, all sorts going on. Absolutely brilliant. One of the wildest celebrated goals in Tala in years, I would say. Absolutely it was insane. Absolutely quality. Podcasters and yeah. YouTubers falling all over the South Stand. Once again, the substitute. That's our last four goals now by subs. Oh, prof. Uh, a bit more on that now later in the quiz. But, uh, yeah. The, J- the Jack thing I mentioned... Where he treaded two balls in. I think there was another thing. Do you see where he turned on the ball? Oh, beautiful pirouette. I, I don't think he even touched the ball. He just did the pirouette. And he he took out three players. Mm. It's just what he's capable of, isn't it? But those sort of things, like, it gets the crowd gone. And then suddenly you make a couple of chances. And then suddenly you're you're flowing. It's amazing how the crowd can G up with him, isn't it? Yeah. Little, little moment like that. Yeah, Cabo made his 100th appearance for the club when he came on. Remember that stat last week? Yep. Ironically, he replaced Sean Gannon, his fellow rings ender, both on the show next week. And uh, Gannon, uh, a bit of an injury, so it could be a deal for for UCD. Not having a good time, but at the moment, um, So, yeah, absolutely wild celebrations. And then, towards the end of the game, uh, Danny had a chance where he shot over the bar. Could have made it too. Did nil. you see the bit where Bork was out wide and he just buried the ball into the box into the keeper's hands 94th minute or something like that and I'm thinking what are you doing? You're out wide. Game management. I mean fair enough there's playing to your your strengths and keeping in touch with what we want to do. Fucking mm. game management man. They, they went on to attack after that. It's just lucky we defended well. And one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time Berkey down injured quote unquote and Brazzer just, just lambasting him what? just saying get up because it's like, it's like the 93rd minute at this stage and so he's adding time on yeah so Brazzer's <laughs> like get up yeah um, so um, yeah so Danny Danny gets the winner there and it's only a tap in but oh, was bedlam, he's been so sharp the last couple of months hasn't he it's not a coincidence that he's in the right place at the right time there he, listen, he, it's hold on. I'm, I'm making the prof's layer again. Switching guitars, prof. No, I'm calling. It, I'm calling it on this. On this prof. Guitar shit. No, I'm calling it. Prof. Is that, working, is that a guitars. violin? Do not touch that violin. That's a violin. Well, there's no bow for it, so fuck off. Prof is violin. I'm playing the violin. Right, that's that's the last. You know how many spiders could come out of there? That's if you take the last that. one, right? I have the violin, and the bass is going back into the corner. 
The acoustic is going back into the corner. And I'm playing the violin. There's no bow. <laughs> <laughs> what if a man doesn't have a bow for his violin? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best show ever. Right. So, um, people are going to be surprised at your musical acumen, Prof. So, yeah, so we got the win and we showed why we're champions, really, didn't we? Yeah, brilliant stuff, really was. As I kept saying to people afterwards, undeserved wins are the best wins. Yeah, I think uh, an event is what that was. Reminded me of the Jack introduction when he got introduced and soaked on the pitch and it was just an event. And we did attendance of 7,000, Prof, over 7,000, nearly 7,2. And uh, Patching got man of the match and RT commentary and once again... Pat Fenlon and his anti-Rovers uh, sentiment that I've noticed lately considering he totally hammered the Rovers players about getting into the Ireland squad as well most recently on a podcast he was asked should Jack or Danny he goes no really court really straight to the point so Paul Curry was the same I remember that one yeah um, I think he quite often someone was asking me someone wanted me Fenlon uh, man the match stats how often does he give it to the opposition Prof you're not allowed to do stats on Fenlon don't forget <laughs> yeah um and of course our Brazilian friends prof the Palmeiras SC in Dublin they said congrats to Shamrock Rovers for the awesome match last night it was our pleasure to be part of a huge party at uh, Tallis Stadium and the atmosphere was outrageous prof it was the most consistent for a long time a long long time hmm. yeah, it, was it like, just kept going it reminded me of a European atmosphere because summer day it was from the first minute to the last and we it was one of those very you know like Bran and, and Apollon where we need the crowd because we're down. Yeah. In this case, we weren't losing the game, but we needed them because Derry were on top in the first half. Um, Fans played a big part in that one, man. Did you read the attendance there? 7-1. Seven, 7-1. One, seven, one, just about 7-2. Um, and we broke the RTE curse. Oh, yes. Remember that? Good stuff. As usual, we didn't play well but until the end, but uh, at least we won this time. Yeah, we did the job. And the atmosphere, as you said there, uh, yeah, Cry. It was, it was a bit special. It like, was even compared to derbies. There was some, there was something different about it. It just seemed up a level. It's. It, it, I think the people at Tala are buying into it. You know, they're finally buying into this whole thing that we're trying to create, and it's working. Obviously, success helps. But we'll move on. We'll go on to the dirty your day will come banner, and uh, the Crayola were out again. I think the Crash did this as the, a special project. The crude pirate drawings. <laughs> was that a pirate? I think so. Where are your pirates? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, Post match as well. Of course, Higgins was bigging up his team for the coming years. I love to hear Higgins meet Steve O'Donnell. Oh, good. And you could be right, you know. They could. They're be. onto something good. They are. They've got a good squad there. The big money. Um, he seems like a good coach. I mean, you can you can buy all the good players in the world. If you're not a good coach, it's not going to work mm. for you. What's interesting is that all this money, they've not actually really spent it yet. No, I mean, I think they're, gi- they're giving £8,000 a week to Duffy. £4,000 <laughs> a week to McElhinney. No, they're, they're giving out a chunk, but listen, mm. it's, it's there. It's well, billionaire. I mean, they're only a billionaire, man. What I mean is the core of their squad wasn't really expensively assembled. No, no, it wasn't. So A lot of it was there already. You could uh, you could mm. say that it's ominous, what's, going, what's happening yeah, in the I, background. You called it a scalp. Just a good description. That it was win. a scalp. It was snatch and grab and a scalp. It was. I mean, yeah. we, we were pinned back for 70 minutes and then we came to life. But that is the essence of football. And you'd have Derry fans turning around saying, oh, well, we were the better team. And then, yeah, but you didn't get the points. And we ultimately did what mattered. 
we came back fought for 20 minutes and got the points so I mean it's yeah. football like we always say it'll knock them down a bag or two on because they, they potentially could have gone two points ahead now now they're four points behind so uh, it does knock them back uh, our unbeaten run now extends to 12 games and we've won nine of those mm, yes and we're now 16 games unbeaten in Tata all competitions oh, yes. since Florida Talent last August and we're 20 league games at home unbeaten since Sligo last May yeah Jesus the 1-0 where so they that, thought they won the league that defeat to Sligo last May that is our only home league defeat since Dundalk in June 2019 one in three years prof with the stats not even the stats section so we move on, and we haven't done this in a long time, Prof. Read out a few posts from Rovers chat, but there were a good few ones after Derry, and we're starting with Pope Maloney. The Pope of Rovers. Maloney, we always had foreign football fans visiting our games over the years. I think back to the times the German fans came to see us play in Daily Mount Atalka. They are real football fans, so they didn't really care about the surroundings. But look at what we have now. We large groups of Feyenoord fans from Holland. Palmeiras fans, originally from Brazil and Tala on Friday night. They would have walked away from Tala after the game and pressed by the whole occasion. And they'll be talking about Shamrock Rovers this weekend. The Brazilians definitely contributed to the atmosphere in the South Stand. And the Dutch guys weren't shy and opening their pockets in the club shop and definitely looked like they were enjoying their experience in the suite. Well, right now, international vloggers see our, te- see our matches as fair game to broadcast to their thousands of followers. Seven plus thousand crowds are becoming the norm rather than the occasional down Whitestown Way, whether it's a sunny day or a rainy night. Who would have thought that would ever have happened and we played our last season in Talca Park in to- 2008. Slowly but surely, we have built this up. Brads are staying. Rovers are top of the league and the crowds keep coming. What's not to like at the, uh, the north... Oh, sorry, hold on. What's not to like at Rovers at the moment? Work has commenced on the North Stand to bring the capacity of Tallis Stadium up to 10,000. Years ago, it would have been a fanciful notion that we could sell out such an arena. Not anymore. Build it and they will come. I'll read out the Paul McGrath one. He said, uh, around 10 days ago, Bradley was on his way to Lincoln City and there was multiple posts on here saying he will be missed, but he wouldn't be the most tactical of managers. What else does he have to do? Another night of excellent substitutions. And big decisions made by the manager get us a huge win. Tactically, he's got us playing a formation which 95% of the time allows us to build out from the back and free up our midfielders to launch our attacks. Our wing backs end up in front of goal every game. Sometimes we don't even have one centre mid in the middle of the park. Our centre midfielders do look more like full backs or wingers at times. He gets us to overload areas all the time and punish teams when we do. Every time we attack the south stand goal, Burke, Finn, Byrne and the striker are out on the main stand side with one touch football on the sideline opening teams up. That's all Bradley. He has a so unorthodox to what you expect from a team formation that it still surprises the opposition. How people still doubt any of his abilities at this stage is beyond me. Oh yes, fantastic stuff from Paul McGrath. That was a quick one from Ray Whelan. He started quoting um, Derry fans during the week. Saying like, oh, we tore Rovers a new arsehole. We put Rovers to the sword. And Ray quickly summed it up saying, what actually happened was the top two teams in the division cancelled each other out. One were wadi enough to take our chance. Our defence were fairly comfortable throughout the game. A few scary moments, but that's to be expected. I love the way Ray is actually the voice of reason when it comes to football. Matters. His, I do I respect his opinion when it comes to that. I really do, because... Like sometimes we'd look at it through a veil or through rovers tinted glasses, and Ray's mostly correct when it comes down to chance or being honest about the actual football itself. 
Uh, we failed him. Our musical friend. Watching the game back now. It's 1am. We weren't at our best. Derry are a very decent team, but Fenland's man of the match to patching is quite frankly ridiculous. No issue with being a Derry player and not wearing my hoop specs, but Brandon Cal was excellent for them, and for me, Pico's man of the match. Disciplined, brave, and fuck me, he's some man in the trenches. Patching his man of the match is silly from our former diagonal ball obsessed Nutsy. Oh, yeah. Lions also. Brilliant, and Cavo showed his defensive brilliance once more. Also, you'd swear we were poxed. We weren't. Derry are good, but Big had one decent save to make. One. As the second half wore on, Brads are made the changes and we got momentum. The goal was coming and it was a brilliant move. We should be used to not getting the credit we deserve and maybe we should shrug it off, but we kept them at arm's length for most part and then we needed to get over the line. We did so. Our bench again was the key, as was Brads' decisions to make those changes. Sorry if I've gone on a bit. This is a 1-0 will that makes champions. Derry are good, definitely, but they are not on our level yet. That is why we're champions. I am now removing the violin from Gary's hands. Prof took the violin. I can just hear everybody saying, thank fuck. <laughs> I'm going for the acoustic it's looking at me yeah um, and we should mention as well we were unlucky to come away from the brand new L with nothing although I didn't think we played well that night the brand new L but no but there was definitely a draw like, we yeah. lost based on one mistake in exactly, the last minute yeah. Um, so yeah three good posts there on Facebook which mm-hmm. everyone in the Robbers fan base was able to log on and read over the weekend yes and no no civil war erupting within the Robbers fan base <laughs> let's just put that out there um, tweet of the week goes to Richie Cabinet the Seagulls doing the Ballybox Shuffle I kept laughing at this I couldn't stop laughing yeah, at this we tweeted check our tweets very funny <laughs> um, are our players here's the question of the week are our players better off the bench than when they are starting and this has been something pretty much that's been happening for a while now is that we've had a lot of impact off the bench which is a good thing but it leads to the question are we getting the right in the first place for the initial start at 11 so that's a, that's a discussion prof have we got a lot of impact subs mm. very very interesting conversation uh, four probs after the match, prop. Uh, how was the bus? Was it alright? Everybody got on. Everybody got. Oh, you didn't get on. You were you were doing your no, media no, thing, I yeah. Lift. Hooperman tweeted: Has anyone seen Smith? Last seen leaving Tallaght Stadium on a minibus to Kimmage. Crumlin, by the way. Well, people are wondering: Did I give him a place to crash? And no, I didn't because he wasn't in my house. Uh, my cat doesn't like English people. It's <laughs> <laughs> very picky. Oh, little ram So some notable things. In uh, the four probs, yeah, Smith there. Davy had the the robbers chant going. So this is like half twelve, uh, past midnight. Davy's doing the robbers chant, screaming it like veins are coming out of his neck. He looks like a T Rex, <laughs> roaring in anticipation of its next meal. <laughs> Oh man! Even the Samba ladies are getting in on this. Hopefully, someone gave him a sooner anyway. Because at one stage <laughs> in the middle of the game, he was like, "Rovers!" His voice broke at one stage, and everyone was cracking up. No, it was deadly. Actually, uh, green flag flying high. Rendition of that got played. It was it was like a throwback to the Telka Park bar. Yeah. Um, my only criticism was your man should be allowed sing a full verse on his own. I think that's deadly where he's singing it quietly but I think we came in too fast mm. uh, it's well, you, sure. can't, you can never reenact the original can yeah. you but listen they gave it a bash but, um, yeah talking to Raf there he's saying what you're saying Gary. they're all coming back they're coming back for balls at home shells at home yeah the club were really good to him in terms of like the bar and uh, they were offered kind of I don't know how many of them took up on it but season tickets are there I think there's interest there mm from the, the, the Palmeiras crew and everything. So, 
the, the most exotic looking people you've ever seen in Camage. Beautiful race, aren't they? Brazilians. Just, I'm there sitting in Camage, a pub. I'm drinking. <laughs> Is that the way you spun it to them? <laughs> You're in Camage. I'm drinking with Brazilians. Smith, the latest uh, famous blogger, Tommy Kelly, and the Ultras. What a mix that, that is. That is some mix. That's yeah. the last meal table right there. Hashtag beer of culture. Uh, beer of culture, yeah. My only complaint is, I'm not sure about this new bar stuff, Gary. They just, they don't they don't call me prof. Now, the violin would have came in great now. <laughs> Play the smallest violin in the world. Not would, you playing it. It would have been great. <laughs> Play a little song for you. It's a little sad song. Um, yeah, so um, great stuff from the four props. And he was drinking the ribbon. He certainly was. He's a fan. He's a fan of the ribbon. And uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for our other social nights coming up. We have some more planned. We have the Pride of Rings end locked in. We're not going to announce the date yet. But keep your schedule open. Late July. It's looking good. We are collaborating with the Pride of Rings end, the originators of the Five of Side. But other results, Prof. We have Dundalk 3 and Bowes 1. So a good win for Dundalk. And um, we caught up with Stephen O'Donnell. So uh, Stephen 3-1 win over Bowes Good home win over the park uh, You're tossing the game there uh, You know I don't actually feel that bad this week You know I think I think when, when I lose And then you know it just comes over me But I just I think it's the sight of a football I think it's when I see a football I just oh, There's one there look There's a football You uh, Stephen you seem to sound like a leprechaun oh. this week For some reason um, Any reason for that? Oh god it doesn't agree with me I think it'll get fuck it'll fuck me badges in the bed. Oh jeez. So that was Steam. Um don't think it agrees with him, prof. I don't think so. Damien Duff Shelburne won draw the nil and uh they are the most inconsistent team I can remember in a long time. In that league. They'll go like and beat uh, it was a Sligo, two one, or go and beat Derry and then lose three nil to Harps at home. Like the Whatever way it worked, but it's they're, well, they they're have so two good. home wins now. Their first home wins. Mm. Harps losing nil, nil, uh, Harps lost at home. Huge, huge win for UCD and a lovely header from uh, Kerrigan into the top corner. It's a massive loss for Harps. I mean, I really thought they would have got something. It's the first win of the season. And then the Saturday we had Sligo won, Pats won, um, and we uh, yeah. cracker from Aiden Keane again. So Bowls are now seventeen points behind us. For those of you keeping count. And they've played 15 games. They've had the lead in 12 of them. And won four. We know... I'm not even going to get into this. We know... Like, ultimately, they're accommodating managers who have full-time jobs. Who are training three nights a week, four nights a week, maybe. In the evening. It's not a full-time setup. I think they... If they took the plunge and actually appointed someone who had, who had the club's interest at heart instead of half arsenal. Because that's what it is. They're suiting the managers to train in the evening. That's why they're not going full-time. That's why they're not full-time outfit. They could turn full-time if they had managers who are willing to train in the mornings, but they don't because they're accommodating because of their jobs. And I think that's holding them back. I really do think that's holding them back. If they if they had a proper setup, which they're putting money into, I think it's DCU, ultimately they'd, they'd probably be doing better. I mean, you can see they're fading after 60 minutes. It's because of the lack of training, training in the evenings. There's a lot going on at that club. Because of the great Philly McMahon. Philly McMahon, yeah, that's a well, maybe they're overworked, you wouldn't know. They're working and doing a few bits on the side as well. But Mark Kennedy, prof appointed the new manager of Lincoln. Is your man that jumped on the guard car, isn't it? 
him and Phil Bab. <laughs> I love that that was your first response. That's what I just thought. I was like, that's your manager. I didn't even know he was managing. I think he was the gaffer, assistant manager at Birmingham. He's played for Liverpool and Ireland. Mm. And your first response is, he jumped with a Gerdiker. <laughs> yeah, pissed with Bab. Uh, he was the assistant gaffer at Birmingham. Birmingham just stayed up. Not sure what he did after that. So it's a bit of a, a surprising one, to be honest. They seem determined to hire an Irish man. Yeah, yeah. Um, work has started on the fourth stand, Prof. In Salah. Can't wait. Meanwhile, the Daily Mount demolition and rebuild has been scrapped. And I think there was a tweet out there from a certain COO saying it will not be scrapped. Yeah. And then the article above it was like, it's scrapped. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how they spin this now. Maybe they'll they'll spin it as, you know, at least now we have no soulless ground. And we still get the new cycle lane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's already I love good. how it's gone from... It was supposed to be a new, brand new, six thousand seater stadium. In in your for Euro twenty twenty, to be released at the same time as that. It's gone from that to build a new stand in twenty twenty six, or whenever it is. Euro twenty twenty. Jesus, that we'd is a, quite a fall. With a Bulls fan nicking the trophy for their for their wedding as well. That was an odd one, wasn't it? I know he's a Rovers fan. That was ex Superman, by the way. Who who was it? Was the, it was the girl who had the, got the trophy. She's the Bose fan. Wasn't that your man? She got it for her wedding, I believe. Strange, isn't it? Or hang on, girl, are we are we being uncivilized again? I think we are. Probably. The way we're talking about our clubs. Why can't we? Why can't we be civilized? <laughs> oh man, honestly, they're they're brilliant. They're, they're brilliant they're actually very very funny I both keep me amused and the way their fans react is exactly how we'd react if it was going on at us <laughs> fucking nerds kids handlebar moustaches <laughs> we'd fucking twisty moustaches twisty moustaches we'd be the same like it's funny well that's all I'm, I, that's the only comment I've heard that we're uncivilised because I don't listen to other club podcasts but oh we're uncivilised yeah me and you yeah, absolute losers is what I was told we are. But for those of us who, for those of you who are listening to us, just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thanks for the listen. Yeah, thanks. Keep keep keep, the, keep them listens racking them up, going up them charts. Your listen has been recorded on we've, our SoundCloud <laughs> figures, and we value you. We've gone up from four hundred six to four hundred four now on the charts. Nice one. <laughs> uh, Gary O'Neill, prof. Gaza. Gary O'Neill, great great guy. Next up on Clear the Head with Graham Gard. I'm looking forward to that one. Minus the shiny shoes that you wore at the Player of the Year Awards, please. They were they were they were interesting. You got dogs abuse for them. Shiny glittery shoes. Colin Whelan has ruptured his cruciate ligament and we sidelined for six and nine months, and that is the killer of the injuries, really, isn't it? It's one of those Lukey Bourne got when we had a discussion today about who had that injury. Nearly sure Trevor Clark. And there's always the the the, the fear. Did it after he left us, or yeah, was it during? I think, us? No, I, I think it might have been during. Didn't he, didn't he have two bad injuries with us? Bad injury with us, and it's One always, it's always the yeah. injury that you might not recover from. It's mad. I was literally only talking to someone the previous day about if we signed Colin Wheel in the summer, <laughs> and then this happened. Done. Got out the window. Yeah. Random, slightly rovers related news: the Ilves first team lost their own reserves in the Finnish Cup of the weekend. A result of a ninety-five minute pass back gone wrong, and this was insane. This is like Rovers B knocking at Rovers. Shouldn't the fixture have been allowed to happen? I don't think it should have. This has been going on for years though in Finland. Like the reserve team goes in. Um, does it still happen in Spain? Mm, I don't think they can. I don't think like La Masia could play against 
It's Madrid, isn't it? Madrid. Yeah, but I suppose it's such a small, smaller league in Finland. Maybe there's not as many teams. Still, though, it's insane, man. I think um, it's similar to us the way our B team kind of filled out the numbers in 2020. And maybe they don't have that many were cup, they a- the cup, cup entrants. Were they, I don't no, they no, were. no. Robbers B weren't allowed yeah, in the cup. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying, in Finland, this has been the case for a long time. Yeah, it's an odd one. That they can actually meet your reserve team. And to lose, and the goal as well. Did you see the goal? It was ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Goal. We'll move on to the Roadstone project, prof. The Rovers under 19s won 2 0 in Galway in the Cup. The women's 19s, the only goal league at Roadstone. And the women's 17s drew 2 2 with Waterford in the Cup at Roadstone, prof. And then we had a four Cup final wins out of four for the Academy sides of the weekend. The 13s beat St. Joey's Boys 1 0 in the Donnelly Cup. Get in there. Tight, tight. Tightly contested contest. Our 12s beat them 6-2 to win the Herald Cup as well as the Tom Cavanagh Cup beating St. Kevin's boys 1-0 and our 11s won the Condon Cup against Bell over there. Prof, there are no more cups. <laughs> we won all We've the cups. won all the cups. And yeah, well done to all the players and the coaches, all 27 of them. All on the, on the touchline together. Yeah, all paid handsomely as well, no doubt. Um, massive money going on to them there and we have the fixtures I have the fixtures here prof and so we have Sunday 22nd of May Tallah Stadium 3pm the boys are still keeping up the old grounds work have the pitch looking fantastic under 19's cup Rovers and Dundalk Sunday 22nd May AUL 2pm the women's under 19's League of Ireland shells are home to Rovers Saturday 21st of May AUL 3pm shells are home again in the under 17's to Rovers and Saturday 21st of May Ferry Carrick Park 2pm the women's under 17 cup Wexford are home to Rovers Sunday 22nd of May SRFC Academy 3pm under 15 EA League for, League League Earl of uh, EA Sports League World Prof Rovers against Carlo Kilkenny the combined league so a big week of action again and all those paid coaches out of Roadstone and that's not all we also have this weekend our 13s and 14s are in all Ireland finals so more oh, cups boy. more cups for us Prof you think we've won all the cups but no more fucking, cups like fucking Mrs Doyle here <laughs> So, yes, that's the fixtures. And next week's episode is a unique one, Prof. We celebrate 200 episodes of the podcast and we have recorded a Rings End special. And we talked to people... Prof has gone mad here. We talked to people from Rings End about all the famous connections since the club was founded in the area in 1899. To lay the groundwork a little bit, here's the opening few paragraphs from Robert Goggins' book, A Chronological History of Shamrock Rovers FC. A new club by the name of Shamrock Rovers had their application to become members of the Leinster Football Association formally accepted. They registered their home ground as Ringsend Park and their colours are green and white with striped jerseys. The Irish Town, or the secretary was listed as Larbourne of number 4, Irish Town Road. 1902-03, Shamrock Rovers played their home games in Ringsend Park, a spot which the locals refer to as the Clinkers. And is it still referred to that as now, guys? Let us know, all you Ringsend cats out there. Yeah, I was reading... Um the early pages of Robert's book and so I kept on reading and he keeps on referring to us as a Rings End Club like the first right up to the 30s and 40s Rings End Club yeah. when we play Shelburne we're playing away to Shel- at Shelburne Park it's being called a big Rings End game Shells are our rivals that was the derby the Rings End derby mm. the people involved in running the club back then who founded it and kept going into the 20s and 30s they're all from the area. They're all from Ring's End. So, a lot of history there. 
And then we carry on into 1926, Gary. Yes, 26 or 28 is the year Pats was formed, I think, Prof. Am I right? I think I'm long. That always sticks out for me. Although Shamrock Rovers had moved out to Milltown four years earlier, they remained a Ringsend club with most of the committee and supporters living in and around the area. Bob Fulham, Bab Bourne, Podge Gregg, Jackie Mooney, Ronnie Nolan, and then the 80s players continued the tradition with Liam O'Brien, Jody Bourne. And after the... Um, after the show I brought Mr Clayton home he's giving me a little tour around Rings End telling me about I can't remember who it was, it was someone who used to live in his house <laughs> Rovers player and he showed me where Fulham lived and just really really cool steeped in history Rings End yeah definitely cool so um, we have a mega show next week all about Rovers and Rings End the mega history. mega show and Jody Bourne the legend that is um, still we'll move on to Jody Bourne in a while our, our next week really fascinating story there but it's the quiz prop and no pressure, Gareth, but people seem to be doing pretty well in this quiz. In our in our group, the average was seven, and Phelan only got five. But then you get the likes of Joe's eight, Sabrina got eight, Glenn Dunn, Derek Kelly got nine. Oh, so no pressure. Pressure is on here, man. Considering I get a solid four most weeks. <laughs> right, I'm going for it, Prof. I'm going for it. Let's go. Let's go, Prof. Right, three minutes. Here we go. True or false, at least eight of Rovers' 28 league goals this season have been scored by substitutes. Has to be true. Yes. The last time Rovers played a league game on a Thursday was against which club in 2012? Oh, fuck. Shelbourne, Derry City, Bray, Dundalk. Ah, oh, prof, come I on. I said it last week on the show. Oh, I'm going to say Derry because Derry is relevant this week. No, Shelbourne. The 3-2, remember? Oh, shut up, prof. Sean Cavanagh made his 100 appearance for Rovers last week. Who did he make his debut against in February 2018? Did we touch on this in the show? He did. Remember he said, we played Bowes, so it was after that. Right, I'm going to eliminate Bowes. Eliminate Moctis, Dundalk and Bray. Dundalk. Yes! Good Get man. in there. Good Who man. was the head groundsman at Tallis Stadium? Billy Mullen, Billy Nolan, Billy Woods, Billy Denny. <laughs> Billy Mullen. Get in there, Billy. Which of these goalkeepers did not win a club player of the year award? Jody Bourne did because he won it in the year we won the league. Alan O'Neill did because we interviewed him Tony did and Robbie Horgan did because he was a bit part player yes <laughs> which Rovers player was sent off the night Rovers famously sealed the 2011 league title at the UCB Bowl Ken O'Man Pat Sullivan Robert Bailey Craig Sivez Bailey because he was fucking like a madman do you remember it oh no Sivez <laughs> Bailey got sent off Sivez it was, the, it was never a red either the second yellow outside the box and then I think they scored a free kick after it did they? No, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll be mixing it up. Have to continue. Fell right into my trap. <laughs> Fucking trap. <laughs> Where the Rovers played their, uh, their home league games in the 2021-22 Leinster Senior League season, which was the last season for the Joint League of Ireland. Ooh, Crumlin, Milltown, Ringsend, Windy Arbor. Oh, Robert Goggins is going to kill me if I don't get this. Milltown, Ringsend, Windy Arbor. Ooh, Ringsend. Oh, Windy Arbor. <laughs> God, Danny Mandrew was previously on the books of which English club? Bristol, Bournemouth, Brighton, Bar- Bolton, Brighton. Oh wait, hold on. Which Rover striker scored a hat-trick on our very last visit to Old Belfield Park in August 2007? Andy Moyler, Doyle, Podrick Ammon, Tyke Porcel, Andy Moyler, Lob. Yes. Hoopskeeper Alan Manis will celebrate his birthday on Thursday. How old will he be? Oh, fuck. 40. Has to be 40. Read out the options. 38, 41, 39, 40. He's 39 now. 40. I'm going to say 40. Yes. Getting in there. 70% 7 prop. Happy with that. With 30 seconds to spare. And are you getting a bit of a surge in your um, 
participants now that we've been covering this. Well, I think so. That's the most feedback I've gotten to the quiz on, on Twitter for a long time. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna live down some of them, especially where Rovers are playing in 26. So yes, we're gonna move on now to our last three callers, Prof and the Tifties Hotline. It's Gigsy Hand, uh, the OTB whore as it is now, and Gary Shaw, our former striker, of course, of Catalpa fame. Fatal morning. Yellow. How are you, Prof? How are you, Gary? Thanks for having us on. Gigsy here. Um, Thursday night games. We don't play many league games on a Thursday, um, so I suppose it'll be a European memory. Um, the one that obviously sticks out with Spurs away um, for me. Um, them 10 minutes after Royce are scored, I think we're probably, we felt like the best team in the world. Um, but Talon Knights on the Thursday, I'd say Partizan at home. Uh, Graham, oh sorry, Gary McCabe, uh, his little jinky run to equalise. Um, pitch invasions, um, I try not to get involved in pitch invasions. Uh, I leave that up to the likes of Turner. He always has paint on his hands every time he goes in Daily Mount. Um, the last one was probably ran on the pitch, probably was UCD when we won the league after Dan Kelly scored. Um, Bradley delighted he's obviously staying uh, I think we had all thought that he was gone um, it's hard to say who I want to take over when he eventually goes but if it had happened uh, last week when he was supposed to uh, I think Aiden Price would have been the perfect candidate um, favourite ever Rovers uh, goal celebration I would say Noel Hunt, Talca Park, the White Predators standing up on the rail and, and doing the backflip. And outside of Rovers, uh, gigs of celebration after he scored in the semi final against Arsenal. Uh, favourite and least favourite Rovers song? Uh, favourite would be Build Me a Buttercup. Uh, it's just it's an original and there's many away grounds we've gone to and we've just sang it for 90 minutes. Uh, I don't really have a dislike of many chants at all. Uh, most of them are catchy. Uh, the songs that I like on the Rovers playlist in the last month, I prefer a lot of the older tunes. Uh, the original Rovers songs, Build Me A Buttercup, Karma Chameleon, Hold Me Close. Um, and then there's a couple of the new ones there on that. Uh, Friday I'm In Love, Everything's Electric. Um, yeah, with music being played, uh, I think it adds to the build-up. Um, I'm not sure whether it helps when the teams are coming out. It kind of takes away, especially when I sit in the main stand. Um, if there's music playing, it kind of takes a bit away from the team coming out onto the pitch. Yeah, the songs on the podcast at the start especially do be really good. I like the way they're usually relevant to what's that happening in the previous week. Um, gigs uh, that have been there since it came out lockdown. None so far, but I have tickets for Liam Gallagher in Royal Comanum, Royal Hospital Comanum. Uh, Rover social nights, I don't really do many of them because I'm a boring cunt. But fair play to the lads that do, and fill your boots and 
long may it continue and the last one rovers song or chant um, i know jay maloney has a new one about andy lyons um, for myself and Brian dawson we're at the balls game away there a couple of weeks ago and the pico lopez song uh, i think that'd be good if he added in andy lyons into that similar to the yaya and colo torre so everybody goes down andy 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 lions pico 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 lopez um apart from that yeah thanks very much for having us on lads keep on hoping how's it going lads gary shaw here um thanks for having me on here again um yeah look my favorite thursday night would definitely have to be um Starnan over in Iceland and we managed to pick up a, a 1-0 win and I managed to get the goal so always a night I look back with fond memories um great traveling support and uh yeah fans didn't stop singing start to finish so yeah definitely my, my favorite night um of a Thursday and we managed to get the job done in the following week up in Tala so yeah definitely um that'd be my pick uh, with the pitch invasions, yeah, obviously locking on with that. My, I suppose, best pitch invasion, if that's a, a term, um, would definitely have to be my first one. So I know I've told the story on the podcast before. Um, Rovers won the league in 2010. Um, and I was, I must have only played about six or seven games in the League of Ireland at that stage. And uh, yeah, every fan, every hoops fan, jumped the wall onto the pitch and was sprinting by me and hitting me digs, and I thought it was gas, and you know, been just called all sorts of things, and that was the game was called that looked like a Christmas tree, and yeah, just a just a an all round great pitch invasion, um, but yeah, it's funny to look back on, um. But definitely probably the the best one. Um Stephen Bradley, yeah, saying he was staying. I was actually very surprised. Someone asked me uh, last week what did I think he'd do and I thought yeah, I thought he would kind of go on and just challenge himself um abroad. He obviously went over there as a as a player when he was young, didn't work out, um, came back and obviously rebuilt his career and then obviously went into the management side. And yeah, definitely thought just with what he's done already, he's won his cup, his few leagues, and you know, he. I think it's, I think it's the European dream, I suppose, that he wants to tick that box with, with Rovers. Um, he experienced it under Michael O'Neill, so yeah, I think it's something that he wants to do, and I, I would imagine that's what kept him. Um, obviously, he has a young enough family. So a lot to a lot to take on board, but um, no, I was surprised. And in terms of who, I don't know who would replace him. It's a tough one. Um, I'm sure to be a, a very big divide in who people would want in. Um, not really sure to be honest. Bring back Sam Urisla, actually. Bring him back. He he had a good stint there for a couple of weeks. Bring him back. <laughs> uh, see how he gets on. Um. Yeah, celebration. I 
I suppose you could kind of cross this with the the pitch invasion question. Um, that goal up in Dundalk when Dylan Watts scored the last minute penno and yeah, we just lost the plot, I suppose. Um, uh, over in the away end in Dundalk and um, there was just bodies everywhere. There was people getting stood on and trampled on and there was just all sorts of carry on. I took Gary's hat and was had it on. There's a good picture in one of the papers and yeah, that was a bit of a mad one. Um, but you know, all from a goal, obviously. So a great old, uh, a great old occasion. It was good to laugh at it the next day. Um, outside of Rovers, um, scored scored against Rovers B team actually for Longford, and it was our, um, it was the game that we won the league first division with Longford that night and I kicked things off with a goal and celebrate in front of the, the Longford fans and have a great picture of it um, to this day so yeah it's definitely probably one of my favourite uh, goal celebrations just looking back on the significance of it this music section now this won't be music won't be my big thing here so um, in terms of chance and favourite chance and all that rovers, I don't really, don't really know or have one or give you one. Um, currently, anyway. Um, songs on the playlist from last month. Yeah, there's a few decent ones. Um, like a bit of Johnny Cash. Uh, Tin Lizzy's decent. Um, and then, yeah. There's nothing to build me up buttercup. Yeah, like that as well. Nothing, not mad into my music, but yeah, there's a few, a few decent ones. Um, yeah, I, I, I think songs or something should be played over the PA when teams come out onto the pitch. We always did it. Um, we um, would always have the Foggy Dew coming out onto the pitch and don't know, just so it it does help players, it gets you in the zone, it sets the tone, I suppose. So definitely a post match. Dunno, kinda you don't want to be, you know, drowning out the the crowd noise if you uh if you get a good win with music, kinda listen to the fans is I suppose the the best thing about it. Um other than that, yeah, look not sure there's a, a challenge here to write a song or make up a song and look for me lads the there's one song and one song only that i'll always stick with and think of as a hoop and um you know bring it to the grave with me so it's been a pleasure lads and um this is this is my tune baby daddy daddy cool daddy daddy cool Cheers, lads. Hello, Tifties listeners. Phelan Warren here, one of our audio descriptive commentators, and thanks, Carl and uh, Gary, for having me on here. Uh, Favourite Thursday, 29th September 2011. No question. Tottenham against Rovers in my heart lane. Uh, amazing day. Glorious sunshine, plenty of points, and uh, Reuters goal, of course, and just the sheer numbers of Rovers fans there was unbelievable. Brilliant atmosphere. It's a hell of a day. Uh, nothing will top that Thursday. Um, Best pitch invasion, definitely the last game in Milltown in 1987, the cup semi-final with Sligo. I wasn't on the pitch myself that day, but uh, nobody who was in the ground that day wouldn't have supported that pitch invasion. It was it was just and it was right. Um, Bradford's situation, yeah, delighted. Obviously, he's staying to, to 
that he's decided there's, there's more to do here. He wants to make an impression in Europe, so hopefully a three in a row. So thrilled he's staying, relieved, and well done to the board as well in playing their part in, in making sure he, he didn't go anywhere. Uh, an alternative to Bradzer, if he had a gun, would have been interesting, all right. Um, probably somebody who would ensure continuity, who was familiar with the, the you know familiar with the ethos and the players and the style. Um, I think Reiser would have been a very interesting uh, appointment. I wouldn't have been unhappy with Reiser, but there's there's so many other alternatives. Um, but it's all what ifs at this stage. I'm delighted he's staying. Goal celebration. I loved all the Twiggy's celebrations. Um, he just loved scoring and when he's the first uh, derby against Bowes and Talla his celebrations there were, were incredible I loved all them but I loved Berkey's one as well uh, during lockdown in Richmond Park when he went over to Brian Gaird I thought that was quality um, non-rovers celebration I had a by ours when he scored for Man City against Arsenal um, and he ran the length of the pitch to taunt the Arsenal fans and went on his knees nearly causing a riot I thought that was hilarious uh, brilliant stuff from Adebayor Um Favourite songs, if chance at Rovers, We'll Never Die. Love that. Keep the green flag flying high. It's defiant. It's Rovers to a T. I love it. I always sing it. Least favourite, um, nobody dislikes the Kilcoins more than me, but I, I, I don't sing the one about Louie. I just don't. It's not something that sits well with me. Um, I understand why, it was, why it's sung, but I don't join in with that one. I don't like it. Um, playlists at the match, love the Foggy Jew. Um, it resonates with me for a few reasons. Obviously, I love the Rebel songs, the Rebel music, um, but it was also that version was played at my brother's funeral over in Brisbane in 2016 when I had to go over. Um, so, my brother was, was a Rovers fan, Milo, and um, so whenever I hear the Foggy Jew, Sinead O'Connor, and the Chieftains, uh, I like to think Milo is, is at the Rovers games as well, so that's very special to me. Um, I don't dislike any of the, the playlists, actually. I think it's a quality playlist, so I've, I've no choices for. Songs I don't like on the playlist. Um, music, when the players come out or at the end of the game, don't think music is necessary at all. I think just let the crowd take over. Um, I don't like music when it's when it's played in grounds, when a goal is scored either. I, I just, it, no, it's not for me. So I don't think music is necessary at all. Um, the Tifties intros, uh, yeah, really good. None particularly resonate with me. I just, uh, I often wonder how they they choose them because they're so good. Um, so they're, I enjoy them all, to be honest. Um, what gigs have I been to? None, actually, since lockdown. Um, I'm quite busy out of Rovers as well. Um, but no, I haven't been to one yet. I'm looking forward to going back to one. Uh, would love to see more more gigs, all right, uh, in, at uh, the Four Provs or whatever. Um, my domestic situation doesn't always allow me to be to be out until the small hours, not to mention my age, but uh, I would go if I if I'm, if it's possible for me to go, I'd, I'd love to go, but I think it's a good idea, all right, yeah, for sure. Um, finally, the challenge, yeah, I've rewritten the words to uh, the Rocky Road to Dublin, um, and I've just called it the Rocky Road to Glory, so I hope you enjoy that one, and hopefully time doesn't go over on it. All right, keep on hooping, folks, I hope you enjoy this. For 2022, Jack returned to Rovers, left the sun and sea, his time in Cyprus over, saluted Bradley dear, kissed his darling mother, hoops fans on the beard to hail their Rovers brother, then off to cheer the team, hoops of white and green, greatest ever seen to dominate the middle, a brand new Rovers shirt, the other teams to hurt, who was Liam Burt on the rocky road to glory, one, two, three, four, five, hunt the ball and pass it, Berkey to Jack Byrne, on to the head of Rory, Rovers take the lead.
When we played the drugs, Jack was running right, Stegan Rabbit Dog couldn't keep him quiet, set one up for Sean with the pass perfection, then he got the ball in a moment of reflection, cut in from the left, kept the ball so deft, drugs defence bereft of stopping Jack from scoring, let fly from out the park, a shot that burned and sparked, bent and swerved and arced into the top corner, one, two, three, four, five, hunt the ball and pass it, Richie to Jack Byrne onto the head of Rory, Rovers take the lead. Dundalk they did arrive, come on lads, no mistake Send them up the road, crying in their cornflakes Rovers fans they roared, gotta get the victory Grown for three in a row to add to Rovers history Jack supplied the pass, this was different class Danny clear on the grass with all the fans excited Danny kept his head, left them all for dead Put the ball to bed on the rocky road to glory One, two, three, four, five, hunt the ball and pass it Danny to Jack Byrne onto the head of Rory Rovers take the lead then away to bows for Dublin Derby action Bitter deadly foes, the usual hate reaction Lions shut them up, 1-0 to the Rovers Nice goal scoring pup, he loves to turn bows over Then came number 2, Max Murphy, we love you Talbot hadn't a clue as Murphy turned it past him Hipsters all did groan, long can poke Mahone Max is one of her own on the rocky road to glory 1-2-3-4-5, hunt the ball and pass it Dylan to Jack Byrne onto the head of Rory Rovers take the lead so Brad's are staying put to win the title treble Every Rovers player keeping up the levels Long away to go Derry are a danger Let's put on a show for every fan And strangers help stand We'll lift the team to heights we've never seen It is Brad's dream to write a brand new story Four in a row was nice Can we do it twice? We will roll the dice on the rocky road to glory One, two, three, four, five Hunt the ball and pass it Gary to Jack Byrne onto the head of Rory Rovers take the lead Keep on hooping so we Giggsy coming in hot and fast. Shazzy coming in with the daddy cool and Phelan Moran. Fucking round of applause. Oh, yes. For the rocky road. Put us to shame. We love Max Murphy. Uh, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant stuff. Jesus, like that song alone to perform with the original lyrics is fucking unbelievable. Unbelievably hard. And he's out there making up his own one. I say some work went into that. Fair play, fam. That That is phenomenal. Top class stuff from our um, musical edition of uh, Tifties this week, bro. Gary Shaw, second appearance in the hotline. Um, I had him in mind when I asked that question Thursday. I knew he'd pick ice in the way. And he says, bring Sammy, Sammy Ristler back. Sammy Ristler, Remember yeah. Remember him? He was the coach before we got Brad's there, wasn't he? The yeah. There's a, there's a quiz for you. Um, Gigsy, I, me um, and the whack missed that because we were arm in arm in the toilet having an old piss. I remember, yeah. Giggsy, when commenting on the music there, I noticed he didn't repeat what he said on Twitter about Sinead O'Connor. Oh, Kept that, that to right? himself that did time. I, did, did you notice that? Did you, Giggsy? Being all Giggsy. <laughs> so, yeah. Next up, props, Dan Levens and predictions. So this is the musical uh, version of Starting Levels and Predictions, Prof. This will be edited out. <laughs> His name is Manus. Um, so we're going to go with... It's, a tr- it's not too tricky. I always say it's going to be tough, but it's never that tricky, right? I'm going to go Manus. I'm, I want Cavo to play. It's simple. Play the man. Cavo on the left, Lions on the right, Pico, Hart and Gannon. Unless Gannon is injured, we're going to have to probably slot someone in. But I'm going to say he's not... And then I'm going to go I, Gary O'Neill. I thought Pico would be suspended for this match, but apparently he's not. They skip a game sometimes, don't they? Maybe it'll be Drawed. And then bring it in somewhere else, yeah. yeah. Sometimes that happens. So Gary O'Neill and Watts in the middle. Then Gary O'Neill. 
I don't think we need to experiment in this game. Like some people are saying, oh, we can give this person a game, give that person a game. I don't think we, we need to go over here and build our goal difference. That's what I think. And Gary O'Neill and Watts in the middle. Plus, we have an extra day of rest. Thanks to this Thursday yep, game. There we go. And then Danny, Jacko, and Gaff up top. And I'm going to go a famous 4 0 for Prof. Oh, I've given up on the 4 0. So we haven't won 4 0. Absolutely given up, Gary. Just. Oh. I'm going to go Danny Brace and uh, Jacko and Gaff. 4 0. Yeah, I think we've got the exact same team there. We're, Red card for the UCD as well. We're thinking along the same lines, aren't we? I think we can afford um, to play Watts because ultimately they're relegation battlers so we can afford to put mm. someone in have a little bit more flair than usual less like Tell brings energy and I think I just think I want to see Watts this time around Tell has been good but I'm going to put Watts in for this one yeah same team for me um, I'm going to say Danny on the score sheet again I'm going to say Dylan Watts is going to score. Oh, yes. And then Berkey off the bench to round off the score. Line. Berkey off the bench so, to round it off. 3-0. 3-0 three nil. Three nil on the prop. Because we never Dr- score for. And draw the prediction as well. We won't do a team. But I'm saying up there, I'm going to go a tight 2-0. Goal in each half. And, uh, yeah, goal in each half. That'll do me. 2-0, tight. And Deegan, red card. <laughs> uh, I'll say... Two one. Two one from the prof. Two one win. Uh, by the time people hear us review uh, games again, like because we've pre-recorded two hundred, so then we come back the following week, so then we're going to have to review three games. So by the time you hear us again talk about games, it's going to be UCD, Jada, Shells, and there's a gap week there. I'm not sure if we're going to do a show. But um, yeah, that's that's the order of things. Yep. So that is it. And UCD and Drada tickets are online, Prof. Get your tickets. Um, they won't sell out. I'd imagine Drada will have mm. a decent home crowd. UCD won't. And that is that one. No online commission or no. um, or what's the word? Like when they charge you oh, two quid admission fee or some show, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we'll be back earlier next week, Monday morning. The 200 show will go up. It's a long one, over three hours, and that gives you plenty of time to listen. So recorded recently in the Irish Town House. Formerly the Dundalk House, but is now the Irish Town House in Ringsend. The prayer place of Shamrock Rovers with a guest list and an audience made up of t- entirely of Ringsenders. So a brilliant, yep. brilliant tour now. And very, like I said, we are. They were brilliant. They host us. They were fantastic. Re- massive, massive fan of the Pride of Ringsend and the rebirth of them. You could say they've been rejuvenated by the youth of uh, the likes mm-hmm. of Mooner staff and staff's cousin and all of everybody else who's involved. So uh, it's been fantastic. And prof, yeah, eleven different guests, three of them players. It's our first audience show in two and a half years, so it's a cracker. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that is it for this week, Prof. We are going to sign off with a little bit of music. Dan Fulham has done a mix. DJ Dan, as you know, Shine On resident, he has put out there a fantastic mix for us, and it's a, uh, it's a little bit special, Prof. So that is it. That is it. See ya. <laughs> Keep on hoping. The track is a mashup between an Ola Gay OMD and a song called Bomb Scare by Two Bad Mice. Bomb Scare was a massive breakbeat tune in the 90s, you know, in the in the rave scene. So I've got a guy on board, um, DJ Nee, who's a super talented producer in Melbourne. Well, actually lives in a place called Larry outside Melbourne. And bounced the idea off him and he's after producing the track. A couple of ideas forward and back and now we have the final version. So it's going to be used to be played at a festival in Ibiza next week. I'm going to use it to close my set. Festival called Slip Back in Time. So I'm really excited for it. 
and um, yeah just a big shout out to DJ Nee and I think Gar might throw a few lyrics on for us as well to see how it sounds Stay and win the league again. Oh, words can't describe what he's done for the green and white. He's in his prime, he wins trophies all the time. That's why he is the best. Fuck Lincoln and the rest. 